Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. John Gabris. Yeah, that's right. The host of this bullshit-ass podcast on the HeadGum Network. I'm just here to say fuck Jake and Amir. No, I'm just kidding. I love those guys. Download Lonely and Horny. Um, I'm alone. Well, not alone. I'm sitting across from like a... 15 man and 15 person production crew that runs this po- high and mighty podcast the people i need to keep this shit going um i'm have a special episode for you guys today i'm gonna be honest i had some of my guests cancel i'm in new york i'm at i'm out of my comfort zone of la i have less friends here and i have less friends that owe me favors here so i'm gonna do this solo actually i'm gonna do it with your help the fans still hate using that word maybe i'll just Call you guys listeners. Oh, how about shitheads? So, shitheads, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with some reviews, but after that, I'm going to answer some questions that you guys wrote to me on Twitter. Just went through them real quick to see if any of you were psychopaths. The answer is most of you are. That's great. This podcast rates super high amongst those able to kill. All right, let's get into some customer reviews. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, A, I'm sorry, and B, what I do is, if you rate me five stars and roast me in the comments, I will read them on air and, you know, shout out your name or whatever bullshit fucking iTunes username you use. Or is it called a handle or an avatar? I don't know. You know I'm old. Um, so, roast me in the comments, rate me five stars, and I'll read that shit. I've been called a number of things. People like to mispronounce my name. People like to... Actually, the best one I got, though, was the human form of Slimer from Ghostbusters. I thought that was, A, both the most flattering and, B, most debilitating possible fucking thing I could have been called. All right, let's get into some customer reviews. This is called Yikes by writing this review while pooping. 
A lot of people die every day, and statistics say John Gabris, he put the H in my name for an extra little twist of the knife, could die at any moment. But I keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, but nope. Fingers crossed it won't be much longer. I hope a bird flies into your open car window and causes you to crash to save the world some extra space, because God knows John is taking up a lot of it. Oh, man, that one is harsh. Um, but here, writing this review while pooping, if I die from a bird swooping in my window while I'm driving and then crashing, you're going to feel like such a dick. <laughs> That's a great comeback, right? Ouch, that hurts. All right. Yeah, I guess you can, I guess telling me to kill myself or hoping that I die counts as a roast. <laughs> you motherfuckers. All right, this is from Could Be Enjoyable. And that's the title of their review, and it's by Farf Farfig Nugent. Oh, it's the phonetic Farfig Nugent of whatever the fuck that is. I remember that from like Volkswagen or something. Um, this podcast is going to be a disaster. Um, so the review is, if you want to hear a less famous and less healthy Artie Lang complain about how zero effort has zero effect on his health, look no further. Gabron Jabris truly realizes the reasons to be optimistic, hilarious, and a loser. Love this podcast. They're all entertaining. Five stars. <laughs> That's another little pattern you'll see popping up. People always end on a compliment. <laughs> um. Oh, this one's actually a sincere compliment. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this is from. This is called Roasted Pork by Boom Sizzle. Sizzle with a C, in case you want to keep up with his reviews. Hey, Harry, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Dumb and Dumber quote. Listen to the fatter, broke man's Josh Gad's podcast. Five stars. I don't know if I'm that much fatter than Josh Gad. I'm definitely the broke man's Josh Gad. So, Boom Sizzle, I wouldn't use fatter and broke man, especially with a comma like that, because it's, it's called hat on hat in comedy. When you just put one too many jokes on there, and you're lucky I'm even calling these fucking things jokes, they're adjectives, whatever. Later, Boom Sizzle, this is, uh, this is called On the Bright Side by Lucas Sabisa. At least your early death will leave your wife enough time to remarry and start a family with a legitimate husband. Wow, <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I never even think of that. All right, good idea. I'm going to kill myself tonight. Uh, this is Ugh by Alec GV. John Gibrish is so obnoxious that his father died to get away from him. Wow. <laughs> I think I'm, I appreciate the callback to the Dead Dads episode. <laughs> oh, these are starting to hurt. <laughs> Gotta power through. You're indestructible. You're so cocky, they can't hurt you. This is Disappointing by Gabagool. I bet this podcast is a huge disappointment to Matt Besser. <laughs> okay. I don't know how you guys, how close you think I am to Matt Besser. He's a buddy. He's not like my idol, although I love him. Sorry, Besser. Not that you have time to listen to anyone's podcast. You're just listening to singer, songwriter, country musicians pouring their hearts into the strings, baby. All right, this is called You Asked For It by Fast Jack 168. John Garbris hosts a podcast in which he talks about wanting to get in shape with actually athletic people. Parentheses, seriously, start getting in shape. We want you to leave behind a large body of work, not the bloated corpse you're turning your body into. Close parentheses, comma, being from Long Island, which he holds in higher regards than any achievement in comedy or acting, open parentheses, which if you've seen any of his work is a fair ranking, close parentheses, and having people of different races or ethnic backgrounds and pointing out how casually racist he is, open parentheses, probably because of the aforementioned being from Long Island, close parentheses, five stars, one of the best podcasts out there. 
This guy's a real fucking Allen Ginsberg. Throw a piece of punctuation in there, Fast Jack 168. All right, No More Dads by Matthew Saluna. A real good guinea. Nice to hear from you, kid. A podcast by a man who was raised by Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and Cool Ranch Doritos because his biological father was too busy being a father to the children they, that he actually loved. My father died when I was nine. Can you teach me how to throw a spiral with, with a football? I miss my father every day. Great podcast. Five stars. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Matthew, that's one of my favorite reviews to date. And here's the thing. I'll teach you how to throw a spiral, but in reality, I'm probably much better at teaching you pass protection, run blocking, and chop blocks and stuff because, you know, I was an offensive lineman in the D end. I don't want to start bragging about high school football, but I sucked. All right. Enough of this shit. Those are reviews. As always, rate me five stars and roast me in the comments. And I guess also tell me to kill myself in assorted ways or pray that I die and... <laughs> You know, bring up my dead father. Whatever you guys need to do to make yourselves feel good. All that just to get mentioned on a podcast. I hope you shitheads know what you're doing out there. All right, as I said, I went to Twitter and asked some motherfuckers to ask me some questions. Ask some of you shitheads out there. Hashtag shithead questions. I guess this could be a recurring thing. You actually tell me. Feel free to tell me it blows, that you hate it, or you love it. And we'll figure out if we'll ever do this again. I certainly don't feel like doing it. Hold on. Guinness break. I had to bend down to get it, so if you hear me out of breath, you know what that is. How'd that sound for you fucking perverts listening at home? All right, you're all perverts. Let's get into some questions. This is from at Christian NFL fan. Will you be my friend? Question mark. Hashtag I'm lonely. Uh, no. Uh, all right, we, this is from Taylor FB Rim. I'll probably tell her F Brim. I don't have a good question. I just want to be noticed. Um, what's the most bullshit product you've ever regretted buying? You know what? Your first half of the sentence was 100% correct. You do not have a good question. Imagine I just <laughs> shot down all your questions and never answered any of them. It's actually a bit I did at South by Southwest. I'm not going to do it on this podcast, though. Uh, okay, what's next? I'm just jumping around. Um at John Gabris, did you think Stern's Steve Martin interview was good on Monday? I thought it kind of sucked, but I didn't finish it. Okay, cool. I thought you were just asking me questions, not throwing your opinion in there, too. <laughs> I don't know why I read that question. I haven't actually gotten around to listening to Stern's interview. <laughs> Probably should have. Maybe proofread some of these, but who gives a fuck? This is a bullshit podcast. Look, we're talking about how self-indulgent podcasts are. I, need, I couldn't even get one together in time to have a real version of my own podcast. This is how phoned in this shit is. All right, this is from at Taylor Allen USA. Excuse me. He didn't write that in, or she. He, by his picture. What a bummer. Taylor's a hot chick's name. Oh, yeah. I said chick. At John Gabris, Yoda or Hoda, parentheses, Cotby, question mark. Um, Yoda, he's awesome. <laughs> what the fuck kind of question is that? I picked it. I know it's my fault. All right, here, let's go. At John Gabriel, this is from Whimsy underscore Rue. Was there ever a point where you thought about giving up on comedy? Did you have a plan B? Um, I never really had a plan B. I guess I always thought if worse came to worse, I could teach. That way I could have summers off to be a lifeguard on Jones Beach, Field 4 on Long Island, motherfuckers. That's right. Glory days, speedos and zinked up noses and fucking... Pussy as far as the eye can see. I'm just, I can't even finish that joke. That is so obnoxious. Uh, the last part was true, but that's not why I would want a lifeguard. 
Um, yeah, I think, but I, I never really had a backup plan. I always assumed like I could at least make a living doing comedy eventually, you know, it took me 10 years to not have to be teaching improv or waiting tables or bartending or dressing up as the guy from, uh, balls of fury, Dan Fogelman or whatever his name is. And Dan Fogel, the guy from uh, Putnam County Spelling Bee, putting on his fucking costume and going down to bars on the Lower East Side and handing out swag paddles that said, like, Balls of Fury coming, like, June 29th, then having to take pictures with those people. You want to talk about bad... Let me take a moment here to talk about some of the awful survivor jobs I had so I could pursue my love of comedy. I fuck it, Like I just said, I did that. I dressed up as Ben Franklin for a UPenn reunion. Uh, for the 200th birthday of Ben Franklin, and I had to pose with a bunch of old ladies and say things like, a penny shaved is a penny earned. Or I forget what his other things were. I think it was like, I have chlamydia. And I kept saying, like, I kept being like, I, I like started forgetting Ben Franklin facts because I was sneaking some red wine that was for the alumnus. And I started forgetting Franklin facts, and I just started saying, like, I put a key on a kite, remember? <laughs> Lightning bolts. Like, I just tried to remember, like, one thing. That's all I could remember. Um, other shitty jobs. I did construction for a summer, which is not a shitty job. It's a great job. It's physical. It's fun. But it is shitty if you're me. I got caught by the foreman. I was told to go pick up all these loose nails. I literally was like a uh, like a site assistant. I had no skills. And I laid down on my side and picked them up like I was like picking daffodils. <laughs> and the construction, the foreman showed up at the site. He's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? This isn't fucking rainbow time. I had like my shirt off because I was hot and I was just lying on the ground of a construction site putting nails into a basket like he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Um, but I had a good time. I worked with my uh, a previous guest, Justin Tyler's brother, who's actually a very awesome contractor and luckily just put up with me for one whole summer so I could have enough cash to live in Brooklyn for another six months. Um, Okay, let's see what else we got going on here. What is your Twitter header pick from? That sush looks pee good. Oh, okay. I was like, what is he talking about? But uh, yeah, my header pick is me doing body sushi, which I believe is an ancient Japanese tradition of misogyny. Um, No, it's when you eat sushi off of a human being. So uh, for a spike, a very short-lived and almost never found Spike TV series I did called MoCap LLC about the adventures of a motion capture artist in a motion capture studio. Um, I thought we did an episode where there was like a Japanese businessman coming and I was trying to impress him with my knowledge of culture. So I got nude and put sushi all over my body. There's your question. Just a good pick. And based on your A, avatar, and B, your question, I'm assuming you're a bit of a bear chaser. And let's just say that that sushi pick is my honey trap. I'm honey trapping you motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. Uh, John Gabris, is a passing resemblance to Jack Black a hindrance on your career? This is from Out Mouse Cove, who asked me a shit ton of questions, dude. Yo, I don't know. Maybe your job is like boring or whatever, but slow down, homie. Just ask one. But no, I don't think it's ever been a hindrance. Maybe it has a little bit in that people expect me to be like him, like high energy wise, and that's not 100% what I'm like. Uh, people just assume that because I'm like a stocky dude with a beard. But I did actually was a write, I was a writer on the Spike TV Video Game Awards one year, and Jack Black was the host. 
And he had like his own writers who came in and just kind of pushed us out. But they were Dan Harmon and Chris Romansky. Like these guys are like fucking legit comedy writers. So it was totally fine with me getting bumped out of there. Um, but people had always been telling me I looked like Jack Black. And then he, he came like I saw Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon was like, you really do look like him. And then I met Jack and it was like, holy shit. He said, holy shit, you look like me. And I said, no, I said, holy shit, you look like me, dude. And then we did a bit where I played his stunt double and I covered for him while he was finishing up taking a dump as the host. And I just kind of was like, I came out and just did like a shitty Jack Black impression. Like, I'm Jack Black. Do a deep, do boo, do boo, do a cartwheel flip over here. You know, just did like some shit like that. Um, and uh, for the entire stadium full of people. And the bit didn't work at all. But it was because the in-house crowd was so far away that they d- honestly didn't know I wasn't Jack Black because <laughs> I was, like, wearing the outfit he had on and everything. So the bit didn't land at all. Maybe it landed if you watched it on television. Maybe. I'm not saying it was that good of an, a bit. But for people in the stadium, they were just like, all right, the Jack is just acting like an asshole um, and, you know, not far off from his, sh- his shtick, like a parody of a shtick. Um, all right, here, uh, wait, I had some crazy ones. Oh, if you were a planet, what kind of terrain would you have and what would you, your dominant species be? Um, this is from at Pollard Greens. Um, what would, if I was a planet, what kind of terrain? I would be like a beach planet. I would be like some weird ass, I would be one, made like one big ass archipelago and you had, everyone would just like fucking jet ski from island to island and it would be a sick break on every island with like a different obstacle or a different like you know like some will be left some will be right and you could just like island hop around and each island would be like now I'm just pitching I guess if I'm the planet it's less cool what my <laughs> I'm getting pumped to live on this planet but if I'm the actual planet fuck that I want to be a planet that burns up and dies because who wants to live their entire life as a planet <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I went on that rant. But I'd be a beach-like planet, archipelago, each island known for a different food and a different style of surf or like some of the big shore break for some fucking fun body surfing. Some would be flat with cool wildlife for snorkeling. But it would be like humans would become amphibious on my planet. You'd be like never wearing a shirt or shoes, which I guess is the whole thing I'm trying to get around. I just want to be in a fucking bathing suit all the time. Uh, and what would my dominant species be? Uh, it would be some sort of, like, big, hairy giant. <laughs> I don't know why. Wink, wink. But this giant would be, like, a giant amphibious bipedal creature. Uh, maybe, like, we'll call him, like, a sand giant. Or that maybe sounds racist in a modern culture. So we'll call him a beach giant. Uh, and Yeah, so beach giants would be the dominant species. And they'd look like me, but, like, less fat, more ripped and shit. Uh, at John Gabers, what podcast would you want to be a permanent co-host on? Oh, that is a good question. That is a good question. What are some of my favorite podcasts? I would love to be on How Did This Get Made. I was a guest on that podcast. I feel like I should pick HeadGum Podcast here, but fuck you, HeadGum. No, <laughs> fuck you, Jake, Amir, and Marty. I'm never coming back. I'm on my own now. Um, I would love to be on Karina Longworth's podcast. Um, you must remember this, but she doesn't really need a co-host because she's like reading. So that's maybe not the best choice. Reply All would be cool. PJ and I and Alex, I could chop it up with those guys about the internet with my cool takes on modern society and technology intersecting. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, I would like to be on Black Men Can't Jump, and actually, they do know that. Um, I understand that it. I, if I was to be on, I can only have three-fifths of a voting power. They explained that to me. 
Um, but I said, let's just keep it separate but equal, boys. No, but in reality, Jerron and gang, if you're listening, you know I want to be on that podcast. You know how I have strong opinions on how come what happened to Martin Lawrence? Why is Will Smith huge and Martin Lawrence isn't? I got you know I have my theories. <laughs> you know, as a bad boys aficionado, I have my theories. Um, so yeah, maybe one of those podcasts. Um, let me just throw out one. Like, can I think bigger? Can I think bigger? Nope. You know I can't. I'm old and petty, and my brain is not working. All right, Guinness break. Uh, this is from Tanae Wilson-Brown. Who'd you play rugby for in New Zealand, dude? I really should have read these. I didn't play uh, rugby in New Zealand. I played in New York, um, which was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. Maybe they liked it better that way. Yes. Sick, dude. Sneaking in some TMBD. <laughs> what TMBD? I blacked out for a minute. T. M-B-G. There we go. I played rugby in New York for the Village Lions. First, I played for the Marist Red Foxes for a few few years. Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York, which everyone gives me shit for when I say where, what city my college was in. I'm just letting people know because that's usually the second question. And I want to get to the fucking third question, which is, are you willing to finger me or not? Um, I played for Marist College for four years. I'll just transition right back into this. And then I played at the, with the Village Lions in New York City, which was a fucking awesome time. Then I travel around every once in a while the globe and play alongside the Skippy Lizards, a travel team made up of ex-Village Lions players. Okay, this is from Zach Mason, and it says, Not a joke or a dig, love the show. Oh, wait, that's not... Oh, okay, he has like a picture of the question. Complicated. You've talked about Chris Farley as a hero, but... As a big guy, have you ever felt typecast or laughed at, comma, not with? Uh. Asking as a Farley-averse big guy. Um, okay, first off, if, why is anyone Farley-averse? Anyone in the, no one in the world should be Farley-averse. We should study his fucking movements for eons to come. And if you're a big guy, how do you not fucking love Chris Farley, dude? He's a fucking beast of energy and charisma. He's gorgeous. He's fucking hilarious. And he's fat. It was a fucking good time for fat people when Chris Farley was popping off. Now, have I felt typecast or laughed at? Yeah, I guess when I first started out, I would take jobs that were like the punchline was that I was fat or gross. But I also am pretty open and I'm... I mean, I'm self-aware enough to know that I am kind of fat and gross. So I choose to look this way. I could probably dress nicer. I could certainly exercise. I could definitely shave my face or brush my teeth. Now I'm doing Chris Farley's bits. So what if I don't pick my... So what if I don't clean my underwear? So what if I pop my back knee with the compass from high school? I'm literally doing that fucking weekend update bit. But yeah, so what? Oh, man, that was some serendipitous shit. Maybe I'm just... Super baked. Oh, I just closed out that fucking thing. And don't be Farley averse. That's such a th weird thing to admit to. That's fucking bullshit. Uh, Benicio Del Computer, at Quick Snack. Why do I get hard when I smell freshly clipped lawns? Dude, honestly, I would like to chop it up with you about this. Why do you think you get hard? Because think about it. If you're being honest right now, or if this, if this is a bit... What the fuck are you doing with your time? But if this is real, maybe like the first time like you got head, it was like on a football field, which is my story. Um, it doesn't affect 
me, I don't, you know, I like the smell of freshly chopped grass, but it doesn't make me hard. But maybe you have some like sexual memory that attaches to it. Here, I'll tell you a little story about Pavlovian conditioning. So, um, I think it's called classical conditioning. Pavlov did that with his dogs, you know, ring the bell, make their mouth water. So, I got like, uh, you can get that with your erection. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe you used to jerk off every Sunday morning and that was the same day that your dad mowed the lawn. And that smell is now uh, like uh, associated permanently with beating off. Maybe that's what you had to wait for your dad to get out of the house because he had spice in his room because your mom and dad got divorced when they were young. When you were young, they were young too, but not as young as you were. And they got divorced, and your mom moved out, and your dad guy was like, fine, I'm getting the fucking Spice Channel, but I'm getting in my room because I have a son that's staying with me. So you had to stay with your dad, not your mom, because she was like, she was a drinker when you were, to, were together, which was like one of the things that split them apart, but then she got into pills and shit, and that was just too much for your dad. Because he's a party guy. He'll have a few beers. He likes his Heinekens, maybe some red wine at night, but he does not stand for pills because his mom was on opiates and stuff, so it's too much for him. So your mom moves out. Yeah, she's unfit. She's living with her mom, your grandmother, who you don't really talk to that much, but you'll go see her in Florida for the holidays and shit. But your dad has spice on Sundays. He goes to cut the lawn. You run up there and throw on your favorite fucking Jenna Jameson joint, like the masseuse or the masseuse too, and just fucking rip and run, you know, grip it and rip it. And there you are. Dude, now you're permanently associating smelling cut grass with jerking off. And then now when you, someone cuts the grass, your body's like, yo, time to jerk off. It's why whenever you're getting a blowjob, you feel like you're ready to fuck. <laughs> I don't know. That analogy fell off the rails. But, yo, when I was growing up, the only porn I had for a little bit was a VHS tape. Remember those? Called E3, The Extra Testicle. And it was about, like, an alien that lands on Earth and has to, like, fuck a bunch of women to get his ship to work. They do show his balls at the end, and he's fake, like, it's, like, glowing blue in, like, a... One of those tin foil like uh, tins that you put like hamburger buns in at like a barbecue. It's like just a pool of blue jello with like a big dildo in it. And he's like, my penis. But the aside is, I used to put it into my VHS tape whenever my parents were out of, uh, out of town because the VCR was in the living room. I didn't have a TV in my living room as a child. Woe is me. Um, and I would put the tape in and our VCR would do something where the screen would go blue and it would say auto tracking, which I guess was like calibrating the VHS player for whatever reason. And, um, then I started, I did that so frequently, you know, when on a sick day or when my mom went out for five minutes, I would do that so frequently that when I would rent other movies <laughs> and I would put like a VHS tape in when it said uh, auto tracking on the TV, when the screen went blue and said auto tracking, I would fucking firm up like a fucking 15 year old gymnast. I'd be like ready to ride. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that was a real weird tangent there. But uh, let's get into this next question. This is from a friend and actually a podcast host in his own right. And this is going to make me want to re-answer a different question. So this is from at Nick Weiger, who is the host of the, podca- uh, the podcast Doughboys, which I'd like to add as an addendum to my if I could be a permanent co-host. Although I think it would truly bring about my death, eating fast food in chain restaurants every week. Mike Mitchell, I'm worried for your dog. But Nick Weiger, at, oh, also you should know, um, if people are Mike Mitchell are fans, they're Spoon Nation. I am still of the Burger Brigade of Nick Weiger's crew. I, I like to call myself the Grand Moff of the Burger Brigade. But here's Nick's question to prove he's just a cool, normal human being who's totally a member of society. A weaponized version of Parvo eliminates all dogs from Earth. Which animal supplants it as man's best friend? Yep, 
just to show you there, Nick Weiger is a totally chill, normal guy. Who would take over if all the dogs were gone as man's best friend? I feel like we would go full-blown monkey. I feel like we would just be like, fuck it, let's domesticate monkeys. That makes the most sense, because they have like the dog-like shit we like in that they have cute faces, we think we know what they're saying or thinking, and they can do tricks, which is why we all have animals. And you can put diapers on them, and you don't have to worry about like cleaning up shit all the time. All right, this is from Let's Get Bradical, at Brad underscore Schwartz. He says, what's the best pizza toppings? That's a great question. Brad, this is going to be a controversial uh, subject for us here on the High and Mighty Podcast. I feel like a lot of people are going to come at me because they know I'm a New Yorker. I'm from Long Island. I'm a pretty loud and proud Italian stereotype. And you're going to say, oh, he's going to say, maybe just pepperoni or maybe a little sausage, maybe sausage and pep, maybe a little mushroom. Maybe it's, maybe it's just extra cheese. Maybe he likes grandma slices. I do, and I do. I love all of that. Pizza is like blowjobs, right? You know that analogy? It doesn't matter if they're good or bad. They're just, you know, the worst one is still a fucking pizza, you know? Uh, for me, the to- I like the crazy toppings, though. I'm a big crazy toppings guy. I'm talking buff chicken, with some blue cheese, you know, chicken bacon ranch with some chopped up bacon and uh, red onions. I'm into like meat lovers. I'm into stuffed pizza, stuffed crust. The crazier the shit you could put on this clams and fucking white wine, uh, lamb and rosemary, pumpkin and prosciutto from Lucifer's in LA in the LA area. The pumpkin and prosciutto pie is pretty dope. I'll even, and this is gonna really be off brand for me. I even like a veggie slice, like a fully loaded veggie slice with everything on it. But I just like my pizza. I say pizza's a delivery vehicle. Give me that fucking meat toppings and throw whatever else I can down my fucking gullet. Um, oh, okay, this is from uh, at Billy Merritt, who is uh, one of my all-time favorite improvisers and one of my all-time favorite improv teachers. Um, what's your ideal woman slash meatball parm? Um, so for me... I guess it would have to be, like, I like, uh, like, a cute haircut, big teeth, and above-average-sized breasts. Those are three things I really, that really catch my eye. I'm open to all different kinds of shit, but those are the three things that really catch my eye. And I'd have to say, um, like, if a meatball parm had big teeth, a nice haircut, and an above-average-sized set of tits, I'd be into it. Oh, God. Why is it so bad when you say set instead of pair? Because it makes it sound more obje- like more like an object, right? Saying she had a nice set of tits. By the way, I'm saying this in front of a woman who I would, did not even introduce myself to. So <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I'll live. Uh, this is from D-Real Sakame. Any chance you're going to do an episode about The Last Dragon? I mean, there's a good chance, man. That's a great movie to do an episode about. I would fucking love to do that. Fucking love to do that. Okay. Um, here's another good one. This is uh, from at It's Just Greg with some underscores thrown around in there. When will there be a live High and Mighty tour throughout all of Long Island? Because it's a must. Now, that would be what I call bad business. Because if I do one show on Long Island, pretty much everyone can get there. Because as we know, every town on Long Island is only 20 minutes away. Um, no matter how far away it actually is. So I would say probably wouldn't do more than one show on Long Island. And I'm definitely not going to waste my time out in Suffolk with those suckers. 
<laughs> I don't know why I've created such a rival with Suffolk County between Gino Lombardo on Comedy Bang Bang and John Gabris in, in real life. Um, all right, here's a good one. This is from at IRL Cyberbully. At John Gabris, when was the last time you cried, comma, why? This is a good question, and uh, I actually have a little theory I want to throw around to go with this. The last time I cried was a flight from New York back home to L.A., and I had eaten a couple of edibles, and I drank a couple of glasses of red wine, and I was watching Creed, and I cried my fucking eyes out for a majority of the third act and some peak moments in the second act. And here's the thing. Here's the kicker, folks, as they say. It was the second time I've seen the movie. I had already seen it and wept my fucking eyes out in the theater. And this time around, I was just sitting um, on the plane, tears, uh, beats headphones on, eyes bleeding fucking tears, just literally like, and I'm talking like sniffing crying, not just like watching Rudy with your dad crying where you just got to wipe the corners of your eyes and pretend like, oh, I don't know, it's fucking hot in here. But I'm talking like, <laughs> you know, like making the, in, the breathe in noises. But I don't know if I've talked about this on High and Mighty before. I'm a big-time crier. I could cry pretty easily. But I don't cry that much at, like, actually sad things. But movies, holy shit, do movies get me, man. I just recently cried. What did I just recently cry at, too? I cry at fucking everything, man. Oh, here's a... One time, my, we, me and my wife were watching Million Dollar Baby together. <laughs> and she fell asleep. And I stayed up watching the movie. This would turn out to be a pattern for over a decade that I start fucking crying at the end of this movie. I mean, you guys, if you've seen Million... I'm not going to spoil it. I don't know why. I think a decade is the fucking limit on spoil The uh, statute of limitations on spoilers. But I will say, it's manipulative as fuck. It's a pretty bad movie. It's like literally features like an old, like magical black dude, a retarded magical dude, and like a hick done right, uh, and a awful white trash like Disney villain family. But that ending, man, it gets you. And I started crying, and I was crying so loud and so disruptively that it woke my wife up and she was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I couldn't even get like words out and she started panicking. She thought something was going wrong in the apartment and I was just like, I, I, it's a, and I'm like pointing to like the credits rolling on the, maybe not the credits because I think the part I cried at was a little sooner than the credits. But I pointed at the computer we were watching on our laptop. That's Williamsburg Loft Living in 2005. Um, not too far where I'm actually recording from. Uh, sorry, I coughed into the mic. I'm still new to this shit. But yeah, that was another time I cried. Uh, I cry a lot. Yeah, I, I Recently, I've been crying at like the end of Modern Family episodes. <laughs> Maybe I'm menstruating. I think, honestly, to be, to be honest, uh, I think getting high really opens you up emotionally, which I think is why it helps you laugh super hard at things. And But I also think it <laughs> can tap you, tap you into some sad shit, motherfucker. Um, all right, this is from at Rob K. Schulte. Have you listened to Doing It with Michael B. Sachs? No, is it an L? Oh, wait a minute. Yo, dude, he's a producer of that podcast asking me if I listen to it. Hey, sick move, dude. Oh, wait, who's Michael B. Sachs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read Michael B. Sachs' book. No, I don't listen to his podcast. I guess I will. I really loved his book, uh, Poking a Dead Frog or whatever, the interview with all the different comedy writers. That was fucking great. Thanks, M Mike Sachs, for having your producer. Well, I'm sure you didn't have your producer. 
tweet at me. If this is some fucking weird attempt at synergy, back off, Schulte. This is from at Mike Benner. What's up, Benner? Sorry I had to bail on that stand-up comedy show you booked me on. If you were eating pizza naked and you accidentally dropped a slice on your bare dick, would you still eat it? Question mark? Uh, are you asking me if I'd still eat my dick or the slice? Psych burn. Um, yeah, fuck. Yeah, man, I'd eat that slice of pizza. And what do you mean, if I was eating pizza naked? Just say, when I was eating pizza. <laughs> this is from at Brent Corbin, at 3Corbin3. What type of music are you into? Bands, singers, etc.? Um, hashtag good luck solo. Don't think I can handle a fucking solo episode of my podcast. Um, what kind of bands am I into? I don't know. And my taste is kind of all over the place. You know, I really like hip hop and shit and I really like love run the jewels. Um, I love Snoop. I love Cypress Hill. Um, I like old school stuff. I really love juicy J, but I also, you know, love classic rock and sort of indie douchebag rock, but usually the indie rock of people who are 34 like the guys who love pavement and like probably going from pavement to arcade fire throwing in like pixies and block party and all those kind of like indie bands from that generation yeah yeah yes shit like that the kind of stuff me and my wife would go to like webster hall to see hey man the futurists are playing or i'm trying to remember some of these other weird bands uh um of montreal um i'm having a hard time remembering the one uh uh uh, that's this is real. The future heads, not the futurists. The future heads. Um, so I like those. And then um, classic shit. I think Queen and Billy Joel. Uh, Queen is probably my favorite band of all time, um, which I think is part of the reason why I'm uh, a five on the Kinsey scale is that I've been worshiping Freddie Mercury ever since I was just a little straight boy. Um, and uh, I I fucking love Billy Joel. Of course, I have to. I'm from Long Island. Um, I love. I love Led Zeppelin, The Stones, you know, just, I mean, I'm saying just like, I love these bands that are in the top 10 bands of all time. Um, but lately, because of Besser and um, my wife's taste in music, uh, which is, that sounds weird to put my, to put Matt Besser and my wife in the same category of who influences my music. But they're the two people that are introducing me to the most new artists I've never been introduced to before. Because I live with my wife and she puts on some fucking Mumford and Sons or Lumineers type huh, foot stomping, fucking knee slapping, banjo, suspender, mustache shit, which I like. I dig. Uh, <laughs> if for whatever reason you're listening, uh, Mumford, uh, Miss you, Marcus. We both have the same birthday, January 31st. See you around, homie. Um, yeah, my brain really doesn't work right. I'm just, why did I know Marcus Mumford's birthday? Because he's my fucking friend, that's why. Humble brag, name drop. Um, and so I'm introduced to all that banjo, uh, white people shit that my wife listens to. And then Besser is sort of into like that country singer-songwriter, like the, the not-pop country, not the country we're all familiar with, but guys like... All their names are escaping me, but like Ryan Bingham or Drag the River or Corey Brannon, these guys, uh, he, he really turned me on to, to those like, you know, left my heart in a trunk of my F-150. Nope, it doesn't go like that at all. Don't ever make me sing again. You didn't make me. Um, this is from uh, Uncommon Interest at You Interest Pod. Okay, another podcast. Maybe he's trying to ride on the coattails or ride on the dick. Is your debilitating addiction to Steven Seagal memorabilia and Taco Bell making your wife cry? Um, no. <laughs> um, oh, man, people have written a lot of stuff since I started recording this. <laughs> All right, this is from Kenny Wellbank, K. Wellbank. 
What fantasy character would you play in a film adaptation of your favorite fantasy book? Also, who is the number one fuckboy of fantasy? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I would have to say off the top of my head, uh, and I know it's like incorrect, but I'd like to play Wolfgar if the Icewind Dale trilogy ever gets made. Even though he's a you know strapping, long-haired barbarian um, that wields uh, icing fang? No, that was Drizzt's sword. I forget the name of his hammer. Um, but if I, I would probably play Wolfgar. I'd love to be a guy who doesn't wear a shirt in a movie and get to swing a big hammer. Um, as for who's the number one fuck boy of fantasy, I feel like it would have to be, again, this is from the Drizzt stories from the Legacy of the Drow and stuff, but Jarlaxle, head of the uh, Menzo Brenzin Thieves Guild, which his name is escaping me at this point, too. It's the weed. But I would say um, Jarlaxle's probably the number one fuckboy because he's cool and he, like, leans into his weirdness with his, like, purple ostrich feather hat and all that ostentatious shit he wears. Can't believe that. Um, at John Gabris, what is the worst shit you ever had to wear for a job? Uh, non-nude crab suit on Pete Holmes's show? Question mark. No, the crab suit was fine. Um, I think I think I said it before for a job I had to. Well, any job I had to wear a suit, which rarely ever happened, but a couple of times I shot something where I had to wear a suit. I'm just not built for suits, meaning emotionally. Mentally, but also physically, I'm not built for suits. I have broad shoulders, a huge gut. I'm like a 52L. All right, this is from at David Brown Pants, at John Gabris. Is this my friend, David Brown? Because I know it's a common name. I just want to make sure it is that hick motherfucker that I'm friends with. Yeah, it's David Brown. What's up, D Brown? I'm a man and wipe from the front by holding my testicles out of harm's way. I feel like it's a more accurate wipe. Am I wrong? Holy shit, D Brown. Back to front, but you move your testicles out of the way. I feel like that works for me, man. I don't know. I would have to try it, though it seems like I might uh, physically, maybe I'm, I can't really handle that. How would you get your balls out of the way and go back to front? Hey, David Brown, if that really works for you, I say do it, man. I, th- I believe, if I remember correctly, you're married, and if your wife hasn't complained of you getting like shit stains on your fucking uh, white sheets, then you're good. Hold on, here goes another burp. Gross. That was such a little pussy burp. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, it's a total cliche, but I still would love to hear it. Any thoughts, advice for an aspiring comedian? Uh, that is from... Oh, fuck. I'm learning how to use a phone today as well. That is from Mr. Jared Oates. Hey, Jared Oates, here's my advice. Get off Twitter or... If you're on Twitter, don't fucking tweet at celebrities. I'm calling myself a celebrity. Don't tweet at podcast hosts. Tweet fucking jokes. Write jokes. Work on your craft. Write a script. Write a movie. Perform. Take classes. Meet other comics. Collaborate with other comics. It doesn't say here if you want to be... I guess if you if you say comedian, maybe the default is stand-up. And the easy answer there is get up and do stand-up. Stand in front of a crowd and say five minutes worth of jokes. Stand in front of a crowd and say two minutes worth of jokes. Stand in front of a crowd and say five minutes worth of jokes when you only have one minute of jokes that you think are good. Throw a bunch of shit against the wall. No one remembers your early bad sets. No one gets on stage and is immediately the best, except for maybe John Mulaney or someone like that. But do not fucking stop performing. If you want to be a comedian, you have to do comedian things. It's like one of the only jobs that you can't get paid for. Into your, it's like if you want to be a doctor, they're like 
if you if it if the parallel was the same, you'd have to just go out and start doing surgery on people for free until you fucking really sorted out the skill set, and then you would be like, I'm ready to go to the big leagues, aka the hospital. So think about that. Get your fucking do the work. I mean, I understand. Uh, trust me, I, I would love to hear from. Okay, now Heather Ann Campbell and Nick Weiger are arguing in my Twitter feed because uh, she believes the crab to be the animal that would supplant dogs. And now they're going back and forth with pictures of crabs and a lot of information about crabs. And it looks like Nick Weiger just blocked Heather Campbell. <laughs> All right, that's what goes down in the DMs. But that's not the DMs, it's the mentions. Have you given your thoughts on the newest Weezer album? This is from at DRK underscore 33, who must know that I'm 34-year-old white male, so he knows that I love Weezer. So I would say um, the newest album, I believe they're calling it the White Album. I only got to listen to it through it once. I got to only listen to it all the way through once. And like me and my, I have a music review system where I listen to the album once just to get a feel for what the album is like. But then I need to sit down and fucking listen to track by track. So I haven't done that yet for the White Album because I was kind of caught up with the new Radiohead album that I downloaded the same day. You know what? You don't need to know all my personal life shit. But then again, you do listen to my podcast and it is personal bullshit. Um, all right, that's my thoughts on that. How long have I been going, Nick? 45 minutes. Okay, cool, just two hours left. <laughs> um, uh, at Mouse Cove, ask again, dogs or cats? The answer will always be dogs. I mean, dogs are man's best friends, for fuck's sake. Um, as a gamer fantasy, this is from at Snakes O'Reilly. That's a pretty cool name. As a gamer fantasy nerd, do you think immersive entertainment's a legit productive use of free time, i.e. inspiration for creativity? Hey, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie to you here, Snakes O'Reilly. Sounds a lot like you're trying to justify spending a lot of time playing video games. <laughs> Which I'm totally cool with, as long as you get your other shit done. Um, I don't know how much video games inspire creativity. I think it's one of the lies we tell ourselves. I constantly tell myself the same thing where I'm like, I got to watch more TV. I got to learn about how to write television. Oh, what about writing television? No, 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 no. Don't write television. You got to watch another fucking season of Catastrophe before you can wrap your head around it. Or like... Um, over-researching, uh, over-researching anything and before getting around to doing it. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to write a movie, and I'm like, well, first let me see these ten movies so I have ideas. Yeah, you're supposed to do shit like that, but you also got to do work. So I would say, I don't know if video games inspire creativity, but if it's a fucking thing that makes that relaxes you, that helps with creativity if you're just not always stressed out. If you want to play a fucking couple of hours of Tom Clancy's The Division, maybe you want to get into the dark zone with me and see if we can get some yellow or some orange drops, let me know. Holler at your boy. I'm not going to actually throw out my... Xbox handle, I feel like that's more personal than giving you any other information you have on me. That's a real weird thing I got going on. I don't know why. Um, okay, why did okay, this is from Joe Joe's Twat. Oh, oh, but his name is Joseph Saint Watt. S-T-W-A-T. So if he goes by Joe Saint Watt, it spells out Joe's Twat. <laughs> that's really funny. That's like uh, Donald Glover's first Twitter handle was Dong Lover. Um, cause it's Don Glover. Um, why do they call him Dr. Mario when he's clearly a pharmacist? Oh, okay. I like your theory cause he's throwing pills out and he has, uh, like a white lab coat on, but he could be a doctor prescribing shit, you know, like doctors have samples. 
And also, maybe he went to fucking med school, and when he graduated med school, he's like, I really just want to work at a CVS my whole life. Um, so that's where he dropped down. That or, you know, maybe uh, whatever his name is, Miyamoto doesn't know. I just spit on myself. Maybe Miyamoto. I was just going to say, Miyamoto doesn't know shit about pharmacies. What a weird, specific thing to say. All right, this is from at Quesawilla. Great name. At John Gabris, what'd you think? Why do I keep reading my own handle in these fucking questions? These obviously are for me. What did you think you'd be doing at your age when you were 22? What did I? So you mean, what did I think I would be doing at 33 when I was 22? I don't know. I guess I thought I'd be more rich and more successful by now because I really always thought I would sort of make it. Um, but clearly I haven't since I'm still doing podcasts for fucking $100 ads. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you, Mac Weldon. Um, I would say, I guess I would think I would be doing comedy, but I still, even now as a 34-year-old, don't know what I, th- I want to do with my career. So I, it's weird if I would have been able to guess it when I was 22. If you say... Where do you think you'd be at 33 when you were 16? My answer would be a retired Navy SEAL. (laughs) Maybe not retired. Maybe I'd be moving on to like uh, tradecraft in the CIA or something. Oh, okay. This is from at Maeve's Daily News. Why don't you slash can you please have more lady guests? Hashtag shithead question. Maeve, this is a wonderful question. And um, it's going to just sound like excuses, but I'm a misogynist. And I don't want to hear women's opinions. No, I'm just kidding. But in reality, because the premise of my podcast is finding people, I look at that. Look at that fucking Freudian slip. I almost just said finding guys. I'm a fucking liar. Uh, The premise of my podcast is finding people who have things in common with me that we both can talk about. And as a like... 34-year-old married man, I'm not talking to, like, that many females on a regular basis. You know, my my field is narrowed, so a lot of my female comedian friends, I I have reached out to them, and I'm trying to find common grounds. And I promise you, I promise you there will be more chicks on this podcast. (laughs) Don't worry. We'll have plenty of fucking trim coming through the High and Mighty Studios. (laughs) I'm going to start recording out of my house, so that means maybe they'll never come. (laughs) At John Gabris. Oh, I did it again. Uh, Ants marching references. I keep telling the members who've since disbanded, you're our L.I. hero. Oh, wait. You're our L.I. hero? Question mark. Okay, I don't understand it. Eric At Eric McCormick. Maybe he's a member of the band Ants Marching. Ants Marching is a reference I throw around a lot on different podcasts because it is a Dave Matthews cover band that used to perform at Mulcahy's, and I fucking hated Dave Matthews' band my whole life. So I always think it's funny to be like, you got to go check out Ants Marching at the fucking Mulcahy's this weekend, right by the Wontor train line. Um, So if you're in that band, I'm sorry, but it's fucking... (laughs) Um, All right, this is... oh. This is from Geo Fisher 87. What's the secret to a long-lasting relationship? <laughs> Let's shift gears a little bit, I guess. <laughs> what is the secret to a long-lasting relationship? Um, I can't speak from like, you know, in a that um informed point. I can speak from my information, which is I am in a long-lasting relationship, as I say a lot on this podcast. I've been fucking the same woman for 13 straight years. Not straight, not like daily, but 
for a while it was daily. Then it cooled off. Then I got fat. Well, we don't have to get into all this. It's a different... Babe, if you're listening while you're getting ready in the morning, you know I'm kidding. Let's fuck right now. Put your fucking makeup down. Let's fuck right in front of the mirror in the living room. Put your hands on the credenza, baby. Put your hands on the credenza. Watch out for the sewing drawer we have filled with change that we use to do our laundry. Aren't I painting such a sexual picture for the listeners? Oh, I can guess if my wife is listening to this now, I'm currently being pepper sprayed. So future Gabrus, sorry about the pepper spray. Um, long-lasting relationship. I say, man, here's the thing, and I don't even think my wife is going to want to hear this, but you got to be cool with shit you don't like. In reality, and I'll throw this out there at you, Um, I think it's a secret to a happy life if you're just okay with a few things that you don't like. Like, now, especially with online dating, I feel like so many people are trying, you know, it's like diner menu fatigue or uh, Netflix fatigue. We were trying to be like, no, this isn't the right movie to watch right now. This menu is so big, this isn't the right food. So you overanalyze nephew. Like, so for example, I think I often spend... I would say that my Netflix watching ratio to my Netflix browsing ratio is like three to one. I spend, you know, I obviously spend more time watching movies, but God, do I browse like a motherfucker. I have a queue. It has 200 movies on it. I have not started chipping away at it. Okay, so here I was talking about my dating theory. Um, I think because of online dating, everyone's trying to pick the per. Oh, no, I want a girl or a guy. Uh, We'll just say pronoun. Excuse me. I want a person that is uh, maybe in a creative field. Oh, I want a person, I want a guy that's over 5'10". I want a girl who's blonde. And you're kind of just clicking down on these things. And what you're doing is maybe the perfect girl for you isn't blonde. You know, you can't know that just because you like blonde doesn't mean the woman that fills every other facet of your life (laughs) means, what if she, so you're telling me if there's a woman who is Beautiful, amazing, kind, funny, um, is cool to waiters and and bartenders, um, has a good relationship with their siblings. You're telling me if you meet someone like that and they're a brunette, you're going to throw them out of the fucking bed? No, you can't live like that, man. We got to be open. Look, here, I don't even, again, I don't know if my wife will be cool with me using this example, but she is magnificently beautiful and she is well put together every day. It takes her a while to get ready because she really does her shit. She does her hair up nice, she does her makeup up nice, she tries several outfits on, and if you asked 20-year-old Gabrus if I wanted a woman that was high maintenance to be with for the rest of my life, and I don't even know, that's not considered high maintenance, that takes a while to get ready, that really cares about their appearance, I would say no, that's not the kind of girl I'm into. But now it that is she is the best thing that's ever happened to me. She's she's the fucking bomb. And I would have thrown her if there was online dating. I would have been like, "Ooh, she wears a lot of makeup or well, she's too put together. Not my type. And I fucking dust her off. I could be dusting off the woman that has made my life inarguably objectively better for the over a decade now. Think about that next time you th- you could be throwing away your soulmate because you need a guy who's 5'11". I guarantee you there is some fucking awesome, handsome, kind, ripped up dude who loves dogs and is 5'6 out there. And if you could just get out of your own head about what you imagine the man who carries you over your fucking threshold looks like, you might meet a fucking soulmate. If you could just be like, you know what? I always want to date someone who's creative. 
uh, and you do that off their job, you know, there's fu- I know construction workers who can fucking draw like a mother. I know construction workers who are amazing cooks. I know f- I know firefighters who uh, like to sing. You know, there are creative people in fields that are classically not creative or blue collar, whatever term you want to use. You could be writing off these people just because you have an idea in your head of what your future spouse looks like. I hate I'm all for you. You know, I'm looking at, you know, you everyone has their ideals. But don't throw away everything else just because you have like some super specific idea about what you think you want. Also, you don't know what. So, oh, and then that brings me back to my original theory that started this all is you got to be cool with some shit you don't like. Like, I fuck. I don't care about having a clean house. It's something that actually frustrates me to have to constantly clean up after myself. But it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make to have my life be awesome in all these other ways. And I'm sure my wife doesn't like how disgusting I am. I know she doesn't like when the house reeks of pot. I know, excuse me, I just keep burping into the mic. I should not be trying to slam this Guinness while I fucking, Guinness break. I just said I shouldn't be doing it. We're like so close to the end of the podcast and I'm calling breaks to drink more beer. Um, um, And I'm sure my wife doesn't like it that I fart up the fucking house, that I, I, I do a terrible do- job doing the dishes. But... I'm funny. I'm kind to her. We have a, a blast when we're together. I'm very thoughtful. She would have fucking thrown me out. Or maybe you don't like beards. And you're like, fuck, I'm not dating a guy with a beard. And then it's some fucking... I mean, if you don't like beards, I don't know what's wrong with you ladies. Beards are sexy as fuck. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Recent shaving disciple. Um, uh, okay, let's see if I have any more questions here as we come down the home stretch. I'm sufficiently dripping sweat. I have amazing cotton mouth. Um, okay, this is from at Double Darren. Semi-serious, colon. When you're goofing around with friends and someone says that a joke is over the line, how do you respond to that? Ooh, uh, good question. Um, and this is going to sound insane or maybe like make me seem insensitive or a psychopath, but my friends... Don't ever call me out for having a joke that's over the line. I think that's why they're my friends. But I'm also not fucking dropping the N-bomb or making rape jokes outside of the Ghostbusters reboot. (laughs) I don't know why I picked that. I just thought it would be a terrible place to do something misogynistic. Um, uh, I don't say, like, awfully offensive things. I guess a lot of people right now are saying to themselves, you fucking liar. But I don't think I'm being that offensive. I don't, And I don't really have an over the line. I mean, there are things that bother me or upset me and I would you know be like hey chill out with that but come on they're not my friends if they're that crazy uh this is from mmc mucky at john gabris how much do you love july 4th you seem like you'd fucking love it yeah I think I put out that vibe I think it's the white trash thing I think it's the sleeveless shirt thing I think it's I love drinking canned beer so I don't I don't know if I, I love 4th of july but the main thing I like about 4th of july is that it's a holiday in the summer the summer being my favorite season because it's beaches, it's outdoor drinking. So here, ever since I was like 17, one of my favorite things to do was to drink outside with my shirt off. And it's summer's the season to do that. I think since moving to LA, it's been bomb as fuck being able to just be shirtless and drinking, go to the beach, crack a can of beer. I don't know what it is. I, it's really making me sound white trash as I think about what I'm saying. I like to stand on my front lawn, fucking belly out, chugging a tall boy of high life, and then whipping it at the squirrels. Oh, this is from at Bobo Joyce, at 
Ashjoy8. We know your movie preferences, but what is your favorite book? I apologize in advance for the serious question. How dumb do people think I am? The two serious questions were like, what do you do about a joke? And what's your favorite book? Ooh, favorite book. So you know I'm a big fantasy guy. But recently, you know, I've said the first Law trilogy is so good. Uh, um, that's that's Joe Abercrombie's books at Lord Grimdark. That that dude's books are amazing. I really just read this trilogy called the Brilliance Trilogy. That was fucking awesome. Marcus Sakey, I believe, is his name. It's really cool. It's kind of like a more real life idea of like if X Men were real, like people start mutating, and it's like how the government reacts to finding these mutants. It's pretty much the tale of like Marvel's X Men, but. In a, it's told from like the standpoint of the CIA or something like that, and sort of like a heightened terrorist, heightened Muslim registry, heightened anti uh, foreigner movement kind of thing. That was really fucking good. I just read the book Mind Hunter that Thomas Harris. In, I don't, I can't remember the dude's name, but he's like the creator of the profiling of like serial killer profiling. That was really fucking good. That was really... <laughs> I'm giving book reviews by cursing. You know, it's a fucking good book, motherfucker. You ever fucking... <laughs> I mean, I love uh, A Song of Ice and Fire. Maybe you know it as Game of Thrones. That is only book one. Um, that's a great book series. And I'm reading... I'm saying only fantasy. I loved Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carried. Maybe you probably read that for school. Um, that was a great fucking book. I read, uh, I read a lot of Navy SEAL books like Point Man by Doc Watson and, uh, Rogue Warrior by who the name's escaping me right now, but it's like a Polish or Eastern European last name that ends in like, ugh. Um, you could, but you know, on High and Mighty, we don't look anything up. We don't research where we don't think about anything. We don't do any work in advance. Um, what other books do I like? I could really fuck. I should do an episode about books because I used to love to read and then I moved to fucking. Ed- I love the oral history of ESPN and the oral history of SNL. Those are two great fucking books. They're fucking great books, bro. Bro, you know what the craziest thing about books is, man? You could fucking read them like wherever, bro. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, why don't we call that the end? Because um, I'm ready to fucking take a nap. Um, thanks for listening, guys. If I'm assuming you're still listening, uh, here, here's the thing, gang. Uh, that was a weird podcast for me. So if it was weird for you. Let me know if you dug it. Maybe it's something I could do in the future. It's certainly easier than trying to wrangle four people's schedules and eat Taco Bell and drink 60 shots of beer in an hour. So I could probably bang out a few more of these. Let me know if this is a thing that you're even into. I mean, I don't even have to tell you that you guys are so fucking entitled to giving me your opinion after each episode. You just do it on your own. So as always, rate me five stars and roast me in the comments and I'll read them here. My movie, Fourth Man Out, not my movie, a movie that I am the fourth lead of. Uh, it's a cool movie about the coming out of a gay dude in like a blue-collar town and how his three meathead douchebag friends deal with it. Uh, guess what? I play one of the meathead douchebags. Um, check out the movie. It's on Netflix now. Um, in the show notes, there'll be a link to my t-shirt store. You can get yourself the High and Mighty logo t-shirt. You can get the dog t-shirt that's modeled on a picture of Arthur smoking a J. Um, you can get a shirt that says high and tidy, which a pair of underwear on it. I thought it'd be funny to have a drawing of underwear on a shirt. I have a shirt that says fuck treadmills, but the U and the C is actually a little line drawing of a treadmill. And what is my fifth shirt? Oh, my fifth shirt is maybe my second best seller, as in I've sold one of them to the other shirts too. 
Uh, it's the number two fuckboy shirt. So as you know, I am the number one fuckboy, but you out there, all my little fuckboys and fuckgirls, you too can be a fuckboy. You can be the number two fuckboy. And the thing I realized is that I didn't brand it with anything else about High and Mighty or anything, so it's just a shirt that says number two fuckboy. Might I recommend picking it up? The link's in the show notes, and if you don't know how to do that, just go to tpublic.com and search for High and Mighty or Gabrus, and you should be able to find it. Um, I think that's all the news. Yeah, that's all the news that's fit to print. Signing off is John Capers. Later, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.